0: You're listening to Band Sounds, with Phil Corbett. This is part four, the final episode of the Lucian series. If you haven't heard the other three, you'll definitely want to go back and start at the beginning. The music in this episode was written and performed by myself and Kent Irwin, based on a theme by M. Shang. Here we go. December 22nd 2018 it's been pretty dry and sunny all week though today it is dry and overcast yeah I know I keep saying this but I really can't remember if the parking lot the parking lot that I have to park in in the winter I remember there being people there but This year, it has been like a Walmart parking lot or something up there. It's so packed. Even though I did pick this place specifically because it's not like a a wilderness experience. You know, I mean, Lucian is a mile off the highway and I'll see people back here every now and then. I wasn't the first to be back here or anything. There's still like an itch somewhere that's like protective of it and wanting at least some sort of privacy. Dropping down into the grove and... There's Lucian. Same place as usual. So... I think I've said all of the things I was thinking about saying, I just... January... 9th, 2019, this is the first uh, the first report, the first appointment, um, in 2019. Yeah, so there's a uh, like a road sign that I am looking down at the top of right now. That's how high the snow is. the last ridge and there's Lucian, same spot looks like somebody materialized out of the snow here Um, there's no tracks before but then there's tracks up there that's cool maybe like a snow some sort of snow monster something like that that's very cool And then they disappear again. Cool. (laughs) Wow. So normally... Lucian's name... is like a little bit above my head. And right now it is... waist level.
1: Hey, bud. I uh, just Googled Lucian Perez, and I think I found him. Give me a call. Now, for those who remember the Iranian hostage crisis
0: of 1979 and 1980, uh, this can be an extremely volatile and historic... January 25th, 2019... Day 35 of the government shutdown. That's a thing a lot of people are talking about now. Okay, I am coming over the last ridge right now. And there's Lucian, same spot as always. Um, but there's something that is not the same as always. There are a lot of ski marks, like cross-country skis, and then even all the way down that giant mountain on the other side of the creek, there are these backcountry ski marks all the way down the bowl. They turn, they're going towards Lucien. They go up and over the rock, the sitting spot from the summer, and then they curve right up to Lucien, but they are not close enough to see his name. Yeah, I've just been noticing people getting closer and closer to Lucien as I've been visiting for the last year. I kind of thought the snow might stop that, but it looks like it actually facilitated it. One last thing I realized before I go I have no f-ing clue if deer hibernate. So Treaties will not work here. So- January 31st, 2019. <laughs> Oi, that was loud. Uh, coming over the last ridge. And there's Lucy. Same spot. Uh, the tracks. From last week, my tracks and then the ski tracks are still here. <laughs> sliding. Oh. So, I had this idea to do some investigative reporting to find Lucy and Perez in real life. I'm pretty sure based on the other carvings in the area that Lucian carved this one in the 50s or more likely the 60s. Um, So I figured I'd find some people who were shepherding in that time frame. Maybe they would remember this guy or somebody who was related to. And that was my plan until my dad called and told me that he just googled Lucian Perez... Sheep herder, Nevada, and found it, so the obituary published in the Marin Independent Journal in two thousand and twelve Marin is uh like near San Francisco. It said Lucian Perez was born in nineteen twenty six and died in August of two thousand twelve. Um, He lived a long and adventurous life, born and raised in the Basque country, and immigrated to the United States in 1951. It says that he herded in Nevada and Utah, and then after that moved to San Rafael where he started a landscape company and met his wife, Sarah. Uh, Sarah already had a kid, and then Lucien had a daughter with Sarah called Jeanette. Uh, And then the last sentence says, "Lucian came to this country with barely any money, schooling, or knowledge of the English language, but his intelligence and hard work helped him build a wonderful life for him and his family. So yeah, I missed him by about six, seven years. February 7th 2019 oh boy this is gonna be a cold one it is snowing not super hard but it is snowing sideways Coming over the last ridge, and there's Lucien. Same spot as always. Um, All of the tracks, the ski tracks, and all of my tracks are just totally gone. The snow is significantly deeper and softer. Okay, I'm going to get down there. February 19th, 2019. Oh, 02192019. One, it is snowy. Uh, last week, I was I wasn't even out of town. I'm, I'm like a few days late on this one because it's been so snowy that they closed this pass a couple times and yeah, I was shoveling every day, sometimes a few times a day. And the snowbank is above the truck. This is crazy. I have never seen it look like this before. It's just so deep. It looks like a different forest entirely. I'm here with Lucien. At the same spot as always. But you'll notice the creek isn't really there. And that is because it's under, I would estimate, 10 plus feet of snow. Um, and Lucian's name is buried. I wish every winter was like this here. heard some voices and sure enough a couple of dudes on cross-country skis just emerged just above Lucian but you can't see Lucian's name so they have no idea. 2019. I don't know what I just heard. Um, it sounded like a gun that was very close, firing three times. Pop, pop, pop. But it sounded huge. Like my my first thought when I heard the first paw was that it was the canyon or the cannon they used to make avalanches. But I don't think they have a cannon that can. You know, a semi-automatic cannon. I'm here with Lucien. The same spot as always. Um, and yeah, the words Lucien Perez are still very buried. Um, just totally, totally under, underneath the snow. Chick, chick, chick. Um, So I found out what the gunshots were. They were not gunshots, but a gnarly, it was a gnarly car crash. Um, Three cars, and I think I heard each of them. What day is it? One sec. Thursday, March 7th, 2019. It is freaking windy out here. Oh boy. Okay, coming over the last ridge. Hi, this is Phil.
2: Hi, this is Donna with Card Services. Calling in regards to your credit card accounts, it appears that you are now eligible for interest rates as low as 6.9%. No way. However, this offer is about to expire. Oh, So shit. if you still owe at least 4000 or more in total credit card debt, oh, and boy. would like to qualify for lower rates, I would, Press yeah. 1 now to be transferred to a live representative who can further assist you, or press nine to disregard any further notices.
0: Oh, okay, cool, I'll press one. <laughs> Not. I hung up. Okay, I am about to do something that I have been very nervous about doing.
2: A number that has been disconnected or is no longer in service. Damn. If you feel you have reached this record,
1: you have reached a number that has been disconnected or is no longer in service. Shit. If you feel you have reached
0: this record, and I, I had thought that I tracked down his wife, Sarah Perez, in San Rafael, California. Um, and I had been very nervous to call and talk, and um, yeah, the phone, both phone numbers I found had been disconnected. Waiting for avalanche blasts. March 15th, 2019. I'll have to get better a better recording in a minute, but the, like, big clumps of snow falling off all the trees. I'm just gonna say it, spring sprung. I said it, there, you happy? Coming over the last ridge. And there's a Lucian. Same spot as us. There is a little bit less snow. Still a lot of snow, but a little less than last week. I've been trying to track down Lucien. I found a phone number for his wife, Sarah, but um, who was mentioned in the obituary, but it didn't ring through and I've been unable to find any other contact information. Um, I think Sarah Perez is just a common name, unfortunately, in California. i been thinking about the concept lately of looking up more. So I think I spent a lot of last year looking down, making sure I was walking right, not stepping on the wrong things, just sort of oblivious to the big picture. And this year I am literally looking straight up at a giant mountain. I think I need to do that figuratively as well. self is both interior and exterior i think you can get caught just looking inward looking down way too often it's important to just be and look out i guess i'm gonna keep trying to track down lucian's family but there's a chance that i won't find them I keep thinking about that idea though, that you carve your name into a tree um, because you want to witness. And I feel like that's kind of exactly what Lucene has been for the last year, even though it's not my name on the tree.
1: And echoes of calypso rhythms and steel drum
0: March 20th, 2019, the second-to-last visit to Lucien. Uh, The snow is melting. Doesn't feel like spring, honestly, even though it rained, it's like, pretty cold, cloudy, windy. But it also doesn't really feel like winter either, so... Coming over the last ridge, and I am looking at Lucian, who is in the same spot. Um, it is the equinox, so the sun is just going to keep on making its way towards the creek. Yeah, I guess the thing to talk about this week is that I found out that a good portion of this area, not exactly where we're standing at Lucien, but a good portion of the area is proposed to become a ski resort. Mount Rose, the ski resort across the highway, uh, they're proposing to buy or lease a bunch of land from the Forest Service And I guess the Forest Service officially approved it last week. I think where I am now, and right directly across the creek from me, is wilderness area. So that will, that has to stay wild. That will never become a ski resort. Um, But yeah, a good chunk of this place will probably change a lot. wild places are definitely disappearing and like it's funny to say that in a place that I'm completely naming after a guy who was here working for probably some giant you know meat company herding sheep it's totally transactional and it's like romanticizing that idea while simultaneously sort of being bummed out about the, you know, the money based endeavor of turning it into a ski resort. Sorry to present bad news. It's only somewhat bad. Like I said, this land is not technically going to be ski resort. It's just going to be ski resort adjacent. So a lot of people, not a lot of open space. It's a really beautiful day. Seems like they all are. March 28th, 2019. This will be my last weekly appointment with Lucien. For the final time, coming over this last ridge Lucian is down there. The same spot as always. Lucian's name is still under the snow. (sighs) Feeling sentimental, man. Ending things is always very difficult. but also important. So, I have prepared a statement. I'm just going to stand here in the Aspen Grove next to Lucien, and I'm going to read it. <clears throat> Everything you can hear right now, where I am and where you are, is at some point in a cycle. Every person you know is a version of that person. A version of self, constantly regenerating, physically and mentally, socially and emotionally. They're different, like you, from the version of them from before, and the version of you, 20 years from now. This aspen tree might not be here then. The man who carved his name into the bark, who gave his name to the bark, is gone. The day he sat on this creek bank watching the sheep graze in the forest also is gone. The rain is back and the snow is melting again. The creek always shuttling water from the peaks above to the valley below. The recreational mountain bikers and cross-country skiers, a part of a cycle of population displacement and resettlement. In a place with access to places like this. The mountains slowly wearing themselves down. The years passing. And I'm here again with a microphone by an aspen tree exactly one year later. The snow is melting again. My feet are cold again. Everything is beautiful here, and I'm mostly the same from last year. And Lucien is mostly the same from last year but just a little bit different. How are you doing? Cool at
2: work. I'm good. Yeah. Is it recording? Well, it's interesting because I was like, well, what if there is another Lucian Perez out there? You know, like what if it was somebody else and not my dad? So I looked it up and, you know, like the internet has weirdly a lot of information on you, even though you think that it shouldn't. (laughs) Yeah. And so I found like, you know, five, maybe five Lucian Perez's in the United States that was listed. But like th- two of them were in their 30s. So obviously it wasn't those people. And then there's only two others that are kind of like around my dad's age, but still kind of young. So I'm like, the odds are it probably was my dad's dream.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, so he was a sheep herder, right?
2: Yeah. So he was a shepherd for like about 15 years or so, like in Nevada and Utah is what I've Uh, been told but he didn't really like talk about it that much he was a very quiet person so he wasn't like one to talk that much about like his past like if you asked him about his childhood he was just like well we worked (laughs) like i worked at a rock quarry you know when i was like 12 so he just knew how to do a lot of like manual labor from a very young age so um i don't know a ton about his time at the shepherding like lifestyle, but I mean, if you have specific questions, I can try to see if it's something he's told us.
0: So were you born yet when he was doing shepherding? No, not at all.
2: So he met my mom like way later. So I actually just found a photo of him. Like I have this one photo of him shepherding and it says 1957 on it, actually is the printing on it. So he was born in 1926. So he must have come here, like during one of those last waves of shepherders kind of coming in from the Basque Country, like in the 50s. Have you met anyone who is still living and Like, have you been able to track anyone who's still living and had a carving?
0: Not that I've found their carvings. I've met a handful of people at the Basque Hotels, like in Gardnerville and in Reno, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um, who, you know, they carve and they're like, oh yeah, I've I've got carvings somewhere kind of thing. But I haven't been able to find, it seems like most of them that I find the people just, you know, passed away within the last 10 years because... Aspens only live, like, 70 years old, so they don't really live that much longer, typically. Um, So, like, the ones from the the 20s are all gone. Right, and
2: that's why I want to see this one now, because, I mean, technically, it's already been, like, about 70 years, probably. Because if he did it or in the, like, let's say, 50s, 60s, like, we're already kind of (laughs) there. Yeah, exactly. We're in that range, so it's like, you know, now or never.
0: what do you remember about your dad you know early on did he you said he didn't really talk much about shepherding he was pretty quiet
2: yeah he's a pretty like just a very humble shy person just like a really hard worker you know would work like uh six days seven days a week you know um that type of person and did not like people to be lazy so you know he's like up early in the morning, you know, that kind of, like, doesn't like to be late, and of course, my mom is a late, likes to sleep in late, is always late, and, um, you know, always, yeah, totally the opposite, <laughs> like, totally social, and stays up late, and doesn't want to wake up early, you know, um, so it's interesting that they met at all, and that I can't even picture my dad dating anyone, so it's kind of interesting that they met, and so um, they met here in Santa Fe at a store that she was working at and he was a customer. So, and my mom's from Hong Kong originally. Uh one of the things that I do remember him saying is that like it was just a really long time before you would see people. And so I think that correlates really well with the um aspens and how like I was just reading that because you wouldn't see people for so long this was their way of communicating and saying, "Hey, I was here." He would say that, like, I I forget how long they would spend on their own, but then they would come down and they would go to what's called sheep camp. So they would come down and then I think, like, um, usually it would be like a woman that would, you know, be cooking for all the guys for like, and they would spend some time there in those trailers and then they would go back.
0: Yeah. And so that's that's actually really interesting about the not seeing people point, Mm because that's that's kind of what I, I was thinking about that a lot as I've been visiting that grove you know over the last year is that you know at one point it was a very isolated place and like a lot of the ranges in central Nevada and into Utah are still very isolated but where this is I mean it's no longer isolated whatsoever there's you know skiers and like you said you drove I mean when you drove over that highway you were maybe a mile from it you know so Mm -hmm. there are like more and more and more people in that area and it's so interesting to see like these kind of vestiges of a time when it was very quiet up there
2: yeah and one of the things when I was looking up a little bit when I did his obituary is because I didn't really know anything because like I said he didn't tell us all that much and I always think of the Sierra Nevadas as being like oh green and lush and then I started seeing these pictures of like what was pretty much desert and I didn't really think about the fact that parts of the Sierra Nevadas is actually really harsh and I couldn't picture it because when you think of shepherders you think oh like in New Zealand or something you know where it's just green all the time and that's where the sheep Grazing and here these shepherders are like coming here and there's just harsh, like desert-like terrain that's really dry at times and they have to deal with that.
0: A whole other thing is like a lot of them are like pretty pornographic as well. So <laughs> yeah.
2: I know the first thing Eglin looked up when he yeah. got your email was like, <laughs> he's like oh god what's your dad's carving gonna look like so we were like waiting for it i'm like of course it's just his name like no drawing very plain (laughs) makes sense (laughs) man a few words just to say yeah thanks for enlightening me to this whole you know the the carvings, because I, like I said, had no idea. So now it, you've kind of piqued my curiosity. Enough. Cool.
0: Yeah, it's a really fun. I'm also probably going to go down the rabbit hole. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So.
2: All right. Thanks, Bill.
0: Yep. Thanks, Jeanette. Right, See you.
2: Bye. Wow.
0: Sounds is produced by me, Phil Corbett. The music in this series was written mostly by Kent Irwin and a little by me, based on a theme by M. Zhang. The string quintet you're hearing now was written and performed entirely by Kent Irwin. Thanks to Joey Lovato, Mignon Fogarty, M. Zhang, Kent Irwin, Jose Malaya Olieche, Mike Corbett, and Jeanette Perez all made this whole thing possible you can find vansounds on prx write a review on apple podcasts follow us on twitter or swing by vansounds.org and if you know somebody who might like this show text them a link and tell them to subscribe lastly keep an ear out for the lucian soundtrack i'll post a link on the website thanks for listening and keep moving.